Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindegaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Glovers Cast with me, Ian Perkins. I am joined by Ben Barrett. Hello. Dave Coates. Hello. We want to say back by popular demand, although we're not sure. No one demanded it. No. Not one of us. <laughs> if anything, I was slightly against it. <laughs> back because you two didn't watch the game. Is that what it was? Is yeah. No, nah, come on. Mine was, mine was the medical reason. Right, Ben, right. Tell, us, tell us what's going on here. So Friday, Thursday night, I should say, my eight-month-old daughter, delightful little Millie, lovely little angel that she is, decided that the best place for her right thumb was in my right eye. And she jabbed me good and proper. I spent the night in agony. Ended up having to go to A&E on Friday morning in the wee small hours, about 5 5 a.m. Friday morning. And uh, yes, they were umming and ahhing about procedures and, oh, come on. With the with the come on with the with the violin, it was a very serious matter. Um, so yes, I had I had to have. Thankfully, I had to, I avoided procedures and surgeries and all the rest of it on my eye. But yes, I had to have limited screen time for forty eight hours. Literally, as we are talking now, this is the first time I've opened my computer to to look at my screens. I haven't worn my glasses until now because my eye has been in such agony. What time are we on now? Two o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And this is probably the first time where I haven't had to take painkillers since Thursday night. And the so, good ones as well. Good ones as well. Not just your paracetamols. I was up on the cocodamols to try and relieve the pain. So if so this recording does run on a bit, then you'll be keeping an eye on the clock for you. Just one Literally eye. an eye, yes. Yeah. You see, but after yes. after the two of you mocked me about dancing on ice when I came off my bike, on I think, yeah, I, think I owe you that one. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's absolutely fine. I did look <laughs> like a pirate at one yeah. point. I had my eye patch on. I... I basically had three quarters of my face covered because I had my mask as well for, for the uh, hospital trip and only had my left eye in view to the public. So that's all I had going on. So it's been a fun few days, but I had to resist watching yesterday. I, I listened to the vast majority of it, um, but found myself turning off because it sounded like we were being handed our backside by by Ragarth Rovers. And I don't necessarily consider Chesterfield Ragarth Rovers. Do you mean Gloucester you know, B? Gloucester, Gloucester reserves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I listened to the vast majority of it, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't sound particularly lovely. Yeah, and my excuse is uh, a list as long as my arm of DIY jobs that needed doing um, 
which just totally took over everything so far this weekend as well. And I also treated the family to a new Titan pressure washer from Screwfix, which obviously you. needed a run out. Um, they don't know how lucky they are, do they? <laughs> yeah, they know. Do. They know. Staff you know. discount. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of staff discount. Yeah. Very the, nice. The brand new Titan T1 in the Newcastle. It's not, it's not, it's not an advert. You're not selling these things. <laughs> Catalogue available they sell, now. They sell themselves, Ben. They sell themselves. <laughs> I have both my eyes and I have no ability at DIY whatsoever. So I was able to play this game. And <laughs> I read. Of course, we have had two games since we last spoke. And one of them was very, very good. Because we beat Barnet as well. Yes. And there were some lovely goals in that game, wasn't there? Yes. Ooh. And they're all thanks to me. Are they? What we've learnt? Yes. Because I said, oh, the defenders didn't do it like they were going to score enough from set pieces. And then Hunt sets up the first from a set piece and Sass Davis nods one home himself. So, you're welcome. That's twice. So, that, that is the stop clock analogy, isn't it? Yes. So... <laughs> And I You're think welcome, can can I claim uh, you know Jimmy Smith, the new Yeovertown Andrea Perlo. Um, I've, I've 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 got a better one than that now. Have you? So I got a text message from Elliot, big fan of the pod, who said that he's gone full Claude Macaulay, and Claude. so I called him Claude. So I called him the Clapham Claude. But it turns out he's not actually from Clapham. He's from Newham. So from now on, he's the Newham and Golo. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll put it down to the painkillers. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, he's had uh, he's he's had a good week. Five hundredth appearance yesterday. Professional appearance. We won't mention the slightly awkward fact that Wikipedia, that bastion of all that is sacred and, and holy about factual. Um, Statistics actually has him down as five hundred two. Awkward. Mm, that is a bit awkward, but still, heck of an achievement. If it's five hundred or five hundred and two, what a uh, what a career he's had. You know, that is an effort. That is a real effort. Um, yeah, I mean, technically, he played one game for Chelsea the year they won the league. I'm not sure it's enough to make him a title winner, but that is some effort. Two thousand and five to present day. Still going, still looking as good as ever. And I think what what Yeovil fans would have seen a little bit more than maybe some of his other supporters is how he's managed to reinvent himself. Because he joined us as this attacking midfielder to get in amongst things and score and create. But actually this season, he's obviously dropped further back with his opportunities a little bit more restricted, shall we say. And he's found himself right in amongst it defensively. And I think that's a string to his that maybe he didn't have an awful lot of but with age and maturity and experience he's been able to add that and huge credit to him huge credit to him 500 games at least got a few more left in him yeah I think we're we're very lucky to to have a player of that experience in our team you know 500 games and also he's you know come from the top all the way down so he's been at pretty much every level and to still be um, performing the way he is I don't think you can understate how important having a player like that is, especially now when he's surrounded by youth. Um, yeah. yeah, class. Absolutely. I mean, we've spoke about others in the squad, like Lee Collins and how we've missed his experience. 
a quick look at Lee Collins' career total. Again, bastion of all that is holy with regards to statistics Wikipedia, has him down at 471. Mm. So when we're talking about having we oh early part of the season, we're missing that experience. We're missing that leadership. Well, arguably, Jimmy Smith has got more than Lee Collins and others around him. So, yeah, massive, massive benefit. And I hope that we can continue to see the best of him between now and the end of the season because I think he's got a really big, vital part to play. Yes, yes. Should we talk about the elephant in the room, which is a loss? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd be the elephant then. <laughs> no. Well, it's... yes. Where do we? Well, actually, I'll tell you where we'll begin because because uh, the two of you have uh, made a couple of barb comments about Chesterfield, and I, I've noticed over the last few hours or so that Chesterfield. Uh, supporters and even their assistant manager, they're quite a, a sensitive folk and, and, and they, they do like um, to hear uh, opposition managers uh, singing their praises at every opportunity. Uh. <laughs> so I'm, uh, uh, rather, than, uh, no, rather than upset them further, I'm going to put this on record right from the beginning. Chesterfield, even before yesterday, were are an excellent side. And if you look at the form table, that will tell you that they are an excellent side. And as we'll go on to talk about, they, they, they proved themselves an excellent side as well. So if there's any Chesterfield fans listening, then um, I hope that, that, that makes you a bit happier. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, coming off of three uh, wins on the bounce since my last appearance on the podcast. Not sure that's uh, Ooh, connected those, or not. They are linked. Uh, they are linked. You think? Yeah, win them all. That's, that's why we got you back. Right, OK. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. So, um, so yeah, after that 3-1 win at, uh, at, at Barnet, as you say, you talked about every goal, except for the best one. Just Neufield's finish was out of this world, I thought, at Barnet. But, um, uh, so, same team uh, that, that, that we set up with. Um, again, the, the, the diamond, I don't think that there's anything that we would have changed from those last three performances that we've had. And against a very good Chesterfield side in the first half, I didn't think we looked outclassed. Um, we had a couple of moments. I, I don't think you'd ever really say that we, we troubled them too much. Murphy had a couple that he put over the bar. And I think their best chance was um, came right at the end of the first half. And Adam Smith um, spilling a shot. And um, Asante, who we all know is um, in, in some good form for them up front, um, Almost got in on it. And to be fair to Smith, he, he made a mistake, but he, he went down very bravely um, into the studs of Asante to, um, uh, to, to to block it. So it was a, a, a problem, but uh, one that he, he solved for himself as well. But I, I don't really remember coming away at halftime and thinking, what an amazing game of football, or we were all over them, or they were all over us. And I think Darren Searle said at the end of the game, um, he felt like we were waiting for something which is probably as good a way as I could think of describing it. First 15, we were a, we were a bit lively. We, we sort of went for them a bit, which might be why their assistant said, I think he said we didn't show them any respect. Um, but I think last time we showed a team respect, we ended up losing 6-1. So I'm, I have no problems with us, uh, you know, doing what we've been doing well for the last three games against um, a very good Chesterfield side. So, yeah, first half, all in all, I thought, Good, good performance. Um, you wouldn't really pick a great deal between between either side, I don't think. No, I want to bring up a couple of points that you said about their assistant manager um, saying we didn't respect him. And I've seen loads of comments like after the manager's interview came out um, about how 
he didn't even say how good we were and stuff like that. I'm like, Jesus Christ, lads, come on. They really want. They really want to be. They really want to be spoken about as a, you know, the saving grace of football, don't they? I think they're a bit needy, aren't they? They are. They are. (laughs) I think Sal said before before the game that um, uh, in his pre-match, some they asked him about Chesterfield, uh, and he said something about that he he didn't envisage talking about Chesterfield at all, which (laughs) I think was his way of saying. We're going to focus on ourselves. We're doing well. We're going to focus on ourselves. Darren Sahl is that kind of character, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so maybe they heard that, and that's why their, their lips were stuck out. Yeah, <laughs> it seemed a bit over the top to me. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, though, in the second half, Tom Whelan looked a little bit eh. up for it, shall we say? Yes, 100%. And you can see why he did. Although I did point this out uh, on, on social media, I think on Facebook, and one of their fans said he's been doing that all season, which if he has, then then fair enough. He's Because um, he did look excellent. And he had a hand in, in, in every single goal. I think there, I've, I've made the mistake or, or the... Um, yeah, I was leaving the commentary on. I think last time I was on, I said I turned the commentary off all the time. But I, I left it on and I think... Their commentators gave the man of the match to, uh, I think it was Weston, Curtis Weston, uh, one of their one of their sort of defensive midfield players. But for me, Whelan ran the show. And three minutes into the second half, he got the ball. And to be fair, we had three, possibly four white shirts in the vicinity of him. None, none of whom got a got a tackle in him. And he put a beautiful through ball um, to Asante, who. You know, in the form he's in, I think that was his 10th goal. Made, made, made no mistake. Smith came out, didn't really show a great deal of conviction, I didn't think. And um, and, and there I put it in. But yeah, absolutely. That goal for me was all about Tom Whelan and uh, Crazy Asante. It was, it was excellent. There's a bit, been a bit of, I don't want to say criticism, but questions about um, Sass Davis and Hunt yesterday and their performance and and whether they struggled um against yeah. asante what was your view on on those two I, I would say that's absolutely true i'd say that's true of the entire back four um uh, bradley and uh, and mark kelly as well both got something handed to them <laughs> by uh, by chesterfield so, yeah, I, I mean, I, when I was um, thinking back about this game, when you asked me to come on, I, I wrote the word frightened down. Because every time they came forward, certainly in the second half, we looked we look frightened to get a block in, get a ball in, um, do those kind of things. And again, I think the manager mentioned at the end of the game about young players. And they are all, not sure how old Michael Kelly is, but certainly Bradley, Sass Davis and Hunt, um, all very young players. Um, and I think they learned the lesson yesterday playing against Asante, but some, some very good players in, um, uh, in, in, in the Chesterfield team as well. Um, and yeah, I, I have been a huge fan of, well, with the exception of that one game of Torquay, Max Hunt for me has been outstanding since he's, um, uh, he's been with us and Sass Davis similarly. Um, but they both looked wobbly frightened, whatever you call it, but I say you could add Alex Bradley and you could add Michael Kelly into that as well. Do you think it was another case of playing up against a wing-back formation that had us in a bit of a spot of bother? I think it was Dagenham that also played wing-backs against us and at times we looked to leave, looked a little bit like we were 
up against it. That was a frantic picture, and obviously we ended up nicking it right at their death. Do you think that our formation lends itself quite nicely when other teams play wing-backs because of how narrow the diamonds naturally become? Uh, 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 well, uh, uh, I'm not going to claim to be any kind of tactical um, expert or viewer, or viewer of the game, but certainly those two games that you you talk about, if you're telling me they were playing wing backs, and I'll, I'll take your word for it that they were, then <laughs> I would um, I would definitely say that that, that, that we struggled. We out, out wide, Bradley on a couple of occasions was getting turned inside out. Kelly similarly was getting turned inside out, and then through the middle, um, you know, Wheeling Asante. Um, and, and the others as well looked very vulnerable. I think when we went 1-0 down, though, one other thing I will say is you're kind of looking for a reaction then, aren't you? And again, I think nicking Darren Searle's words from him, he said, don't wait till you're 1-0 down to get a reaction. Um, and that's exactly um, exactly what we did. But you were looking for a reaction from the likes of Northfield, Noel, Skendy, um, you know, Reed and Murphy were very isolated up um, up front, and, uh, and and it just wasn't there. There just wasn't that um, that 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 energy that um, that we've had in 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 the last few games, and we started to go, you know, a bit more direct, not dissimilar to what we did against Hartlepool a couple of weeks ago when um, uh, they they. Well, they obviously got a goal back then as opposed to going ahead. But then they got hold of the midfield and it was probably, you could see the next goal coming. And once that goal came, we they, we were outside. And again, Tom Whelan, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the goal, but uh, yeah. Again, you could be critical, found himself in space on the edge of the box. Beautiful finish, though. Absolutely superb finish. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I think we were lacking right across the... Um, right across the eleven, and I think probably the only two people that you could argue would maybe get away with criticism, and I don't think they get away with it completely, was was Reed and Murphy because neither of them got any service up there at all. Murphy was Murphy trying to get about um, Reed, as we mentioned when I was last on. I'm, I'm not his biggest fan, but he did what he could with what he had. But just, there was no no link up play between our midfield. And, and 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 those front two. So I did feel sorry for for them. If I felt sorry for anybody yesterday. Do you think there was an element of overconfidence, maybe in our team? Like we know the the results have gone very well. Um, obviously, they've gone very well for Chesterfield as well at the moment. Do you think we went into it thinking this was going to be another not easy win, but another you know things were going to go our way? Um, I, I think if you listen to what the uh, Chesterfield assistant manager said, not to dwell on him too much, but uh, I think he said something about um, lis- uh, listening to the players, think they fancy the chances coming in. Now, what I'd say to that is we've won three games on the spread. Let's be honest, we won them against teams who were down around us in um, Weymouth or Barnet and, um, and, and, and Dagenham. But... We've got to be coming in, in feeling confident. If, we, if we're not coming in feeling confident after three wins in a row, then there's something wrong with us. And I think we should be coming into games doing what we've done well. Yes, you've got to realise what the other team do well as well. But I don't think, I think if we changed our style of play completely to suit theirs, then we'd probably be making an even bigger mistake. I mean, ultimately, we lost 3-0, so how big a mistake can you make? But um, but no, I don't think overconfidence. I think 
they would say that we, we, we didn't show them the respect that they deserved. I think we knew they were a very good side, but I think we went out and did what we've been doing well. Um, and that worked. Like I say, in the first half, I don't think you could pick too much between either of those sides. Second half, they got a goal very early on and then we were we were chasing it and that gave them a chance to, you know, to hit us, get hold of the midfield. And then, like I say, when Whelan got his second, that was, you know, Whelan got his second. Whelan got his goal. That was, um, that was game over, really. I think what yesterday summed up for me was that there's still work to be done. There's still work to be done. I don't think, even if step two, who have put forward a a process that will include some relegation, I don't think we're in any real danger of that. But what I think I noticed, looking back on some of the form figures for us, is that actually we are beating the teams that we quote-unquote should be beating. But our last record against those who are at the very, very top isn't great. We lost away at Hartlepool. We lost away at Eastleigh. We lost away at Stockport. Those are second, fourth, and seventh in the table. Chesterfield are two points off the playoffs with about three games in hand on a couple of teams above them. So I expect them to get in that top seven on the form that they're in as well. Do you think that maybe, just maybe, that's our next litmus test? And obviously, we're going to have one on Tuesday. We've got to go to Sutton, who lies second and are right in the title picture. We've got three teams on 47 points. Do you think, open this up to both of you, that that's our next challenge with possibly relegation off the table, possibly relegation on the table, but it doesn't really include us because if it does, there are so many terrible teams that are far more likely to get involved. That's our next little challenge. It's all well and good smacking Barnet about and beating Weymouth. Fine. Well, me and you can put eight guys together and have a crack at Weymouth. <laughs> but to go to a Chesterfield, who are, who are very, very good. That's what they do who have made real changes and have have made huge improvements to go to a Hartlepool, to an Eastleigh, et cetera, et cetera, and get a result. That's the next challenge for this group. And it's a big one. And we've got to do it again on Tuesday. Yeah, I've, I'll, I'll go first on this one. Um, I think it's, again, it, it's that balance of youth and experience that we've got. We're leaning towards a younger side at the moment. And, those teams at the top are, are going to be a, a real mix of of experience and youth, and and they're going to show us how it's done. I think. I think we had that. We were one of those teams last year where we had we had the experience. Um, we probably had a bit more experience than we did youth last year, and, and we were able to bully those teams a bit. Whereas, obviously, the change up we've had to go through during the middle of the season we've ended up with a, a team of of kids complemented by the likes of Jimmy Smith at the moment and um, Reese Murphy and Reuben Reed. Uh, I just wonder against those bigger teams maybe a, a Wilco or a Collins is required I don't I don't know really it's it's learning from them isn't it and I think the the game on Saturday against Chesterfield it will have been a big learning experience for those players. Maybe maybe he looks to bring back in Carl Dickinson at left back and shore it up a little bit. But the, Sutton are the informed team, aren't they? Four on the bounce at the moment. Yeah, yeah they, they drew against Wrexham yesterday, nil nil. Prior oh, okay. to that, had won had won five on the bounce in the league. They'd lost in the cup, I think. Prior to that, five on the spin. They concede more goals than I thought, actually. They concede 
a few goals at the moment. They don't have a great, they have a really good defensive record overall in the season. I think they conceded the least amount or second least amount of the season so far. But recently, they have conceded a few. Bromley got a couple against them. I think Dagenham bagged against them. Um, Wheelston, I think, got one. Uh, we're going back a bit now, so I'm starting to struggle. But So I think there are opportunities for us. But at home, they are, they are pretty strong. They are pretty strong and score plenty of goals. So before that 0-0 against Wrexham yesterday, they scored three at home to Bromley, four at home to Wheelston, but a couple past Boreham, three past Eastleigh. That's no mean feat. And a couple past Dagenham at home as well. And two in a uh, two-all draw with Altrincham prior to that. So they've got goals in them. This defence is going to be really tested in, in, in big numbers. And obviously when they played us last season, it was 3-2 at their place. Quick look at that one. Harry Beautyman scored really early on in that one. And then they came back. We actually went 2-1 up. And then they came back and nicked it 3-2. So... There's goals in this Sutton team, and I think that defence is going to be tested big time again. Yeah, I, I did, um, because I don't have DIY and um, I don't have a daughter to gouge my eye out. I uh, I did watch a bit of the um, uh, the Wrexham-Sutton game as well. And the one thing I noticed, again, uh, not, not claiming to understand tactics whatsoever, um, it was that Wrexham played a very packed midfield. I think they had five, uh, three at the back and five in, in midfield. And that did seem to nullify Sutton a bit. Don't get me wrong, Beautyman. I, I think he scored for them when they beat us at our place earlier in the season as well, didn't he? Yeah, he he did. is one of the players in this division who I think is, you know, he could, he, he's got to be a league player next season. Whether it's, in fact, he scored twice just looking at up. Uh, one was a penalty in that game. But um, yeah, he's got to be a league player next season, probably with something the way they're going. But, um, but if not, someone's got to pick him up because he's, he's excellent. And again, he, he, he had a bit, um, he had a bit about him. But I think it is, Maybe, and I'm contradicting myself here by saying um, before that we, we, we shouldn't be going into games and not doing what we're doing well. Uh, maybe we do have to change uh, the way we play based on what we saw at Chesterfield yesterday against Sutton um, and be a bit more compact and a bit more experienced. And I think we've got some questions about what we you know change as far as um, you know the personnel are concerned. And I think I'd agree with, with what Ian said there about some, some more experience. Kelly um, at, a, at a wobbly game. Personally, I'd bring uh, Dickinson back in on the left there just for, for his experience. And then look at the other subs. Worthington, uh, I think, uh, came on. And uh, and Charlie Lee came on as well for, I think, I, I know Noyfield came off yesterday. So, you know, there's a bit more experience, a bit more energy as well. I felt Noyfield was looked to not jaded, but once he, for, for me, he's a bit like Miles Hippolyte was for us last season. When he's on his game, he's unstoppable. When he's not, he, we, we, we have to carry him a little bit. And, and he's worth putting in the team because he has got that about him and he can create something out of nothing. But I just wonder whether he's had a lot of games. And Jimmy Smith as well yesterday, uh, we've all, we just discussed earlier, haven't we, what, um, you know, an excellent impact he's had. But I think it's right in saying he's played our last, well, almost all of our last seven games, he came off with half an hour to go yesterday. That's a lot of 
was 34 years old, so he's six years younger than me. So, but for a footballer, for a professional footballer, um, you know, that's a lot to 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 be asking. So maybe he needs to um to drop out. You got Charlie Lee, who hasn't played for a bit, that could come in there again, very very experienced. So I just wonder whether we need a bit more solidity about us. Um, particularly if we do think uh, younger players at the back are going to get a bit of a hard time. Yeah, it feels like the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday is really catching up a little bit. I was I was interested, actually. I was reading the uh, non-league paper this morning and there's an interview with Darren Sahl in there and the opening line is, and I'll read this verbatim, the Oval Town dressing room roared on Tuesday evening when manager Darren Sahl told his players he could have that they could have Wednesday and Thursday off. So Wednesday and Thursday off, a bit of a training session Friday and then travelling Friday? I wonder if even that is the is the very early signs of of the of the manager and the, and the team recognizing that there are some miles in some of these legs right now, and just needing to just manage things a little bit better. And with the greatest of respect, our season's not going to be defined by Sutton away, is it? Let's be honest, it's going to be defined by beating that that core group in the middle. It's going to be far more important to beat Woking, and the week after, and then then it's Bromley and Courtney Duffers who comes the week after. I almost I I take a battling one nil defeat against Sutton to take six points out of Woking and Bromley. Yeah. When you look at our upcoming fixtures, we got Notts County in there home and away in on a Saturday, Tuesday, haven't we? In a, in, a, in a couple of weeks, but then you see Barnet at home, Old Chinnam away, Aldershot away, Maidenhead at home, Bournemouth at home, Solihull away, going into April now. But there's you know they're, that they're the games. I think we said yeah. when I was on before that about the whole win win them all. Those, uh, those three against Dagenham, Weymouth and Barney, if we considered ourselves as a contender for the playoffs, those we had to win those games. And we did. But I think it would be naive of us to think that we could sort of breeze into Chesterfield and Sutton um, and, uh, you know, blur them away in the same way. And obviously, you know, yesterday's proven we haven't. Yeah, I, I feel did... like we've been... Go on, Ben. Go on, sorry. No, go on, Ian. Finish off, mate. Uh, no, you go, please. I was just going to say that it feels like we've been a little bit negative there. And I think it's worth reiterating that plenty of teams are going to go to Chesterfield and get spanked between now and the end of the season. Plenty of teams are going to go to Sutton and get spanked between now and the end of the season. That's okay. Um, I think what what we've always tried to do on the Glover's cast, when things are going well or badly, is add context. And I'm not going to say the line, David, before you go. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. So what I decided to do, instead of saying the line, I'm going to add some context. So, I saw a tweet from the National League's uh, betting sponsor, whoever it is, saying on Boxing Day, we were second bottom, and now, yesterday, mathematically, we could have reached the playoffs yesterday. And it was just a heck of a turnaround. That got me thinking, just exactly what position were we in on Boxing Day? So, we played 12 games. Does anyone know how many points we had on Boxing Day without checking? No. Ian? Anyone no. care to have a guess? Uh, no? I'll go with 11 points. Uh, Dave, higher or lower? Slightly higher, maybe 13, 14. We had eight. Blimey. <laughs> How many goals do you think we'd scored? Six. No. Oh, you think silly. <laughs> yeah, more, more than that. Uh, 15. 12. We conceded 23 in 12 games. We've now played 26, so 14 more games. We now have 35 points. That's an increase of 27. We've now scored 39 goals, an increase of 27. 
and we've conceded 40, which is only an increase of 17. And we do concede a few goals and did get spanked by Torquay on Boxing Day by six. So I just think it's worth pointing out that, yeah, yesterday was a bit naff. Yesterday was a bit naff. And I think we're all disappointed that we didn't play our football away at Chesterfield because that's what we've what we've said here is, is that we're going to have a crack. We might as well have a crack at game promoted now because going down isn't really an option. So let's have a go. And we didn't really get that yesterday. But yeah. in the context of where we have come from, crikey, this podcast was a gloomy place around Boxing Day, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm glad he didn't have me on then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the way I'd put it, Ben, is, you know, don't get too high with the highs and don't get too low with the low. I think a, probably a better a... way of putting it. As a wise man once said, yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, I, re- I was just going to say, like, the results we've had, you know, I think th- we're in that, that absolute pandemic era of football where when you lose, it is the worst thing ever. The manager's got to go, everyone's got to go. And we've seen, uh, you know, we see it every week um, up and down the leagues. And... I I was just, you know, I thought people wouldn't necessarily react that way yesterday, given where Chesterfield were, and given, you know, we've got a bit of credit in the bank with our performances and how we've been playing, but you still get that, you still get that bite, don't you? Well, I'm glad you said that, and we haven't even teed this up, but there's another quote from the National League paper this morning. Oh, go on. It, we all look, We all know the effect of social media now, he, Darren Sull, said. I'm not on it, but my family are, so you get a reverberation from people close to you. Social media has become a very, very aggressive, cynical, sinister place because people aren't in the ground and they can't feel effort and determination. It elevates that negative even more and the bombardment is ridiculous. The big thing for me was the support of the chairman and his partners that I have a good working and personal relationship with. They were very strong, very supportive. I think they took the bombardment of sack Darren, get Darren out. Clearly looking at very old emails there, Darren. Wrong Darren, mate. Uh, Quite personally as well. And we just linked arms and stood strong. Yes, most of those sack Darren and get Darren out ones were a couple of years old, Darren style, mate. To be perfectly (laughs) honest with you, mate. Um, Don't go back too far. If you keep scrolling, you will find some Darren's outs. Um, But yeah, I think it's a fair point. And we've spoken about it before that we don't have a place to vent. We don't have a place to go. We can't go and moan at the, you and I at the do. pub afterwards. We do. Yeah. And other people can moan when they're listening to us, but we don't have that outlet at the moment. So rule number, is it one or two that we always sleep on it? Is it rule number two? Rule number two. Rule number one is we don't talk about the ref. Rule number two is oh. always sleep on always sleep on a game before you always talk about it. Always sleep on a result. Yeah. So yeah. that's where it comes into, into play here with this, I think. I'm glad I slept on it because I was a bit disappointed. I I don't I don't want to be turning commentaries off because it sounds like we're playing against a team that are maybe better than they're being made to sound, and it's not coming across right. I don't want to be doing that stuff, so I turned it off, did some other stuff, took some painkillers, and slept on it. So yeah, that's that's how I think we move on. We move on. We give Sutton a bit of respect, and I I just want to see us have a crack at them. I don't want to see us. I don't want to see the game disappear away. Like, a couple of moments of magic from Tom Whelan and yesterday has gone. Well, if they have a couple of moments of magic from Beautyman or whoever, let's have a crack at them. I'd rather lose 4-1. I'd rather lose 4-1, 5-1, having a crack at 1-0 down. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. so that's, that's, that's all I'm looking for from Sutton now, to have a crack at them. Whether that is 
um, in attack and we, we stay with the players that we've got, we stay with Neufilm and Knowles and we say, go on, have a crack at them, scare them. Do what we do at home, do what we did to Barnet, or at least try to. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So what? Yeah. I so, think do you think the score against Barnet has maybe raised expectations? I d I don't know. I mean Barnet are Barnet are so yeah. bad. Like such um, a bad team. Like, Barnet are Weymouth bad. <laughs> probably worse are, than Weymouth. I, I, yeah, they are, and I mean that with no disrespect to either team involved. In Weymouth beat Stockport yesterday. I said, Yeah, what? That's because they heard suddenly relegation was back on the table. They thought they'd better put a bit of effort in. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe that, that these teams are that bad. And actually, it's it's the other results that I think are better. It's, it's, it's the 1 0 against Dagenham. That's probably a better one. Dagenham are a better team. It was yeah, a 3 2 away at Boreham. Altrium, it was beating them 2 0 or whatever it was. They're the better results. We should be, we should be battering Barnett and Weymouth left, right, and centre. But. Boreham Wood, similar, not a bad side, you know, we won yeah. there, away from home, Torquay, yeah. uh, going back a bit now, obviously, you know, beat them at home when they were top of the league and uh, and, and flying, so yeah, I agree with you, I think there's um, there's a lot for us to be um, to be confident about, and I'm going to keep going back to it, but even the first half yesterday, we didn't look um, a, a terrible side, and um, as you mentioned there, a couple of bits of magic from Tom Tom Whelan, and, um, uh, and, and, and we were... You know, out of the out of the game, but that was probably what it was. I think once that happened, um, we were we stopped being ourselves um, a, a bit more. Probably leads on to a very good question that we've had um, with regards to Tom Whelan. Ian, I can't remember somebody asked a question about Tom Whelan, didn't they? Well, you asked one yesterday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you you asked, should we have given Tom Whelan a chance? And uh, yeah, and he scored from it. Yeah, that was your joke, wasn't it? That yeah. was, yeah, that is my one joke. Um, yeah. The rest you have to pay for, so subscribe on Patreon where you can hear a lot more jokes. <laughs> but do, do you want to hear me answer my own question? I, would... I, think, I think Andy Cleave asked it as well, didn't he, whether whether we should. But I, I had a look back at actually what Tom Whelan's record with us was because and it, this probably answers the question in a way is, I remember him playing for us, but I don't really remember him playing for us very much. <laughs> um, and, 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 and it turns out that um, at the start of last season, he was a fairly regular fixture in, in, the, in the first few games. So up to the end of um, August, um, the, yeah, the game against Dagenham, which I think was, a, was an Easter Monday, he'd played. Uh, so he got 90 minutes against Barnet, 90 minutes against Eastleigh. Uh, 89 against Stockport, scored in the in the win at um, Ebbsfleet. 90 minutes against Barrow when we lost in that terrible game up there, um, and then and then made and Eddie played 80 80 minutes. So he had a you know he had a decent run in the side. I was trying to look for some kind of pattern as to what changed when he when he dropped out the team, and I think what changed was uh, Charlie Lee. So Charlie Lee obviously signed for us before the start of last season, but it, it was um, wasn't uh, sort of fit to be to be playing. He came, he was a substitute um, in that Ebbsfleet game when Whelan scored, and um, the, there's only one game which was against uh, Maidenhead where we lost two um, one at home back in August, where Lee and Whelan played in the same side. So I would say that he got an opportunity to to. You know, to show what he was made of. 
he, he was 100%. And I remember seeing a few of those games, the Barrow game I was at, Ipswich game I was at, um, and the Barnet game I was at. I don't remember him being the player that I saw play for Chesterfield yesterday, or indeed the player that Weymouth fans said he was when he was playing for them. So he probably didn't do a huge amount wrong. But when we know Charlie Lee is a favourite of Darren Sahl, um, and therefore, you know, when he came in, Charlie Lee probably was going to come in um, and do it. But... You also look as well about the time that we got rid. Uh, well, got rid of him. About the time that um, he left, we went on an, on an amazing run. So his last appearance in our match day squad was the two 0 win against um, Halifax at Halifax last season. Um, yeah. as an unused substitute, and then I think we went on a run of what was it five or six wins on the bounce, and then probably tellingly at that point you had Jimmy Smith come in. Um, and James Tilly come in as well. So he, that that those are the kind of plays in a more attacking sense. Obviously, Jimmy Smith has spoken about change roles this season, who probably did take Tom Whelan's place, and then he went out on loan to Chippenham, I think it was first, and then and then Weymouth. So to answer my own question, I think he had opportunities. Whether he had enough opportunities is is, is another question. Could have brought him back. Um, or could have kept him on in the in the summer and given him an, a, a, another go, but he probably didn't want to stay as well. I'd imagine having been uh, you know left out or sent out on loan a couple of times, preferred his, his chance with Weymouth, and obviously he's um, he's taken it with both hands. So I I think we probably did give him a chance, and I don't think he seized it in quite the way he needed to to get himself ahead of the likes of Smith and. And, and, and late. Now, you could say that's favouritism towards those players as opposed to Tom Whelan, but I don't think, as I said before, Tom Whelan that played against us yesterday was the Tom Whelan that I remember seeing play for us at the start of last season. Does that sound fair? Sounds very fair. Actually, he did He did make the score one more time after that Halifax game. I was there at, uh, Ch- at Chesterfield. Uh, we won oh, 2-1. Yeah. He was on the bench away at Chesterfield. Would have been December... December 19, I guess it would be now. Hang on, I'll find it. Yeah, December 19, 2019. Um, he was on the bench, and I remember being sat there, and me and Tom Seymour were like, oh, he's still here. Yeah. <laughs> That's who he is. Okay. Um, and on that day, the bench had himself, James Tilly, and Matt Worthington on. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, there's no way he's getting in that team over James Tilly over Worthington and then trying to get in alongside Skendy and Charlie Lee in the middle of that midfield. It was just, at the time, from everything that we had seen in that spell, I still wouldn't have had him in that team alongside those players. Simple as that. I think he made the bench almost by default because we didn't have anyone else. But, you know, if we needed a midfield change, I would have gone to Tilly or Worthington as we did on the day. So for me, um, he did get a chance. And at the time, he was just a different player. I, I'm, I'm chuffed that he's gone on to, to bigger and better things because he is a good player, clearly. But I just don't think it was, it was ever going to sit right for us. It just wasn't the right, right yeah. fit. Sometimes yeah. good players and good teams don't come together. It's, it's I, always, I always thought when I watched him, I always thought he was quite similar to Matt Worthington, how he played. Um, and obviously Worthington had a lot more games at a higher level and at that level than Whelan had had. And I think, if anything, it's, you know, it's just total evidence for the fact that 
if you're a young player, and he was a young player when he signed for us and had, you know, hadn't played a lot of games, um, you need games under your belt. You need repetitions and going to Weymouth and dropping down to Weymouth and you know helping them come up the league has shown what what a player he is and what he what he's capable of doing. And obviously he's gone to Chesterfield under a different manager who's been able to get that little bit more out of him. And yeah, he does he does look like a player that you think oh, we really we have lost one there. But at the same time. He didn't, you know, if if he was in the team and not pulling his weight at that time or not performing as other players were, we'd have been saying, why the hell is he in the team for? Yeah, I don't think he would be the player he that I saw yesterday if he had stayed with us. Like you say, I think yeah. the, um, uh, the, the, the time at Chippenham and the time at Wayne made him the player that he was because he had that opportunity to, to become that player. Um and if he'd have stayed with us, he just wouldn't have had those opportunities. So he probably wouldn't be. So probably a good thing for him that he, he did. Um, like you say, fair play to him. He's gone on and done well and did a very good job against us yesterday. You've got to just tip your hat to some players sometimes, haven't you? And say the same. I'd say the same about Kiefer Moore as well. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's ridiculous that, that, that we, got, we got rid of him. And in hindsight, when you look at what he's gone on to achieve, it, they, they, it's difficult to argue against it. But Kiefer Moore was not the player that he, he is today, or even the player he was a few years ago um, when when he played for us. And and that might be bad to mad bad management or not playing him in the right position or whatever it was. But I just wonder if Kiefer Moore had stayed with us, would he have become that player? I don't think he would personally. Some people disagree with me, but I think the same is true of um of Tom Whelan. He would have become a hell of a right winger though, like Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. it's 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 that age-old thing of football is, you know, we had it with Paddy. Uh, he couldn't do anything for Carlisle, but he came to us and just struck gold. It's all about the balance of the team and the players that are around you. If, if you don't, you know, it's a team sport and it's about the system that, you know, that fits in. If, if that player doesn't work, it doesn't work and, and he has to move on. It, it, it is, you know... It, it's a shame that we're at the level we are where you don't get those sell-on fees or you just let players go because you can't afford to keep them rather than, you know, getting, you know, even if you get, you know, a grand for them and shove on a sell-on fee. Like, there, there's, I don't know, it's just non-league football, isn't it? There's little money milling around and it just feels like these good players who've left us, we've got nothing for it. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I think that's. I'm. I'm not angry that we don't have Tom Whelan. That we never saw the best of Tom Whelan, but he's playing good football, and there's perfectly reasonable opportunity that he might end up getting picked up by a League One, League Two club. And you think, ah, oh, maybe we could have had a share of that. Well, if spots and maybes and all that. So, yeah, fair play to him. I feel like we've played too much respect to Chesterfield in this podcast, and I don't like it. <laughs> also, <laughs> have to send it to their assistant manager. <laughs> also, though, the other thing is, if if we had Tom Whelan and he was doing, you know, what he was doing now, would we have Albie Skendy? You know, when Albie's on form, he's, you know, near unplayable. Yeah. There's this, you know, one opportunity for another is, you know, means someone has to miss out, and you know, I wouldn't. I don't think I would change it. Neither would I. I. I would, have, and I. And I've been critical of Albert Gendy at times, but I still think I'd have Albert Gendy over Tom Wheeler at the moment. Mm. 
whilst we're talking about that position, can I ask a question of you guys? Where's Matt Worthing? Uh, Matt Warburton? It's a, it's a very it's a very good question. Is what it is. Mm. Um, I don't know the answer. No, I'm not aware he's injured. I'm not aware he's obviously not suspended because he hasn't really played it. But I think came on for a minute in that that game at Hartlepool a few weeks ago. Not high in the hair of him since then. We play better yeah. without him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's still a player that you bring off the bench, though, is he not? And we're talking about having games coming thick and fast. I mean, you're not telling me that Matt Warburton isn't a player that if you needed to bring someone in... But what did he do? The kind of player that you bring in. What did he do when we were on our losing run, when we weren't winning games, what did he do? A couple of step-overs, nice little drag-back, bit of you know, bit of skill here Go and there. Okay, scored one goal. <laughs> Yeah. Two, he got one in the FA Cup as well. <laughs> um, Should we bring Gabby Rogers back as well? It's such a strange one. I was there for his debut at Halifax, and I, I don't, I don't mind saying that the gaffer, just after his his post match press conference, we got, we got to chat with Matt Warburton, and as they were crossing over, they turned, gaffer turned around and goes, "By the way, what a player! What's he doing at this level?" Laughy, laughy, jokey, jokey, into the interview. I thought nothing more of it. But actually, from what I saw on that day, and we've mentioned it before, and we've laughed and joked about him being a bit of a Rolls-Royce player, and he is. <laughs> he absolutely is. But Ian's also absolutely spot on. During that losing streak, he didn't have the desired effect. What but put I him thought... into a team that's got that confidence and is um, is, is playing a, with a bit more. Would he? Would that quality, the undoubted quality that I think we'd all agree he's got, would that be better in a better team? I mean, you look at talk about that run that we had. Even players that now we're we're we're, we're crediting like um, uh, like uh, Reece Murphy, for example. We we were singing his praises um, a few weeks back, and and, and rightly so. But he was. Appalling um, in the first half of the season, in the first quarter of the season, I should say. Um, so, would Matt Warburton's quality not come out more in a team that's got a bit more confidence about him? Was he even would, still at the club? I, w- I would absolutely love to see if Ruben Reed and Matt Warburton could have a bit of a relationship. I would love that because I think that's what Ruben Reed does best. That's why he's here. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. He's here to make others look good, though. He's there, to, he's there to get those attacking players involved. And so for me, if he's still with the club, and I don't know whether or not we've had to make a bit of a cost-cutting exercise and cut his loan because we don't want to be paying X percent of his wages or whatever it is, if he's at the club and the opportunity arises in this quick-fire game, 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 Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, I'd like to see it. If it's available, maybe even against Sutton, if we're saying things like our season isn't defined by Sutton away, okay, Try it. Give Skendy the rest. Give Skendy the rest and give Warburton a go and say, try and link up with Ruben Reed. Try and get that going together because it just just might do something. I'd like the idea of Warburton bombing on beyond Ruben Reed for flick-ons and getting involved with Reese Murphy at the top. I, I agree. If he's still with us, I hope he's still got a part to play because, yeah, we're a better side now than when he joined us. We're a lot better side. That debut came just before Boxing Day came back in October. And obviously, up until Boxing Day, we were naff. But we've talked about how the switch has happened since Boxing Day. Well, put a player of that quality in amongst it. Yeah, and I, I, I would be excited to see. I mean, his minutes recently have been 
horrendous. Not seen in any matchday squad since we lost to Hartlepool. We played a minute in that game. Played a minute in the win over Altrincham. 18 against Eastley, 27 against Stockport. Unused substitutes against Boreham Wood and Weymouth on the 3 0. It's not it's not great, is it? If he's got a if he's got a if he's got a role, great. Let's get him back involved. Because I, I think he's got something to offer. I think we're a better side without him. I think is it like Tottenham? The, the results prove that we're a better side without him. Is it is it like Tottenham where when Harry Kane's on the ball has to go to him and it kind of sometimes stutters them? And when he's not in the pitch, they seem a bit more fluid and full flowing and things like that. Is that is that what it is? I'm trying to I'm trying to make a genuine comparison. I don't I don't know of any other great examples, but I don't know. Like when we uh, does it, when mean... we had him, when we had him, we had to go through him. Yeah, and actually maybe. that restricted us. I mean, he he you know he shows for the ball. He always wants the ball, and I I don't know. I mean, t- I think the results speak for themselves. Yeah. When he had more minutes, we weren't winning. When he's had less minutes, we are winning. Uh, but there's a lot changed about that team, isn't there? In, in, yeah, in that, it's not just Matt Warburton yeah. going out. There's changed about that team. And I personally, whether it is just one game against Sutton and see how it goes, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, I personally would like to see what he could do in a team that's playing with a bit more verve about them than the team that he last played regularly for. But maybe that's just me. No, I, I agree. I, I think he was almost uh, almost too much was expected of him because he was a League One player in the National League. I'll just give the ball to, War- to, to Warburton and he'll make things happen. Well, it's not that anymore. It's not down to Warburton to make things happen anymore. We've got Neufeld, we've got Knowles, we've got Skendy, we've got Murphy, we've got Reed. We've got players who are making things happen. And how he fits in amongst that, if he's, if he's still around, he's still part of the squad, he has a part to play in a team that's playing well. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, do, I just, yeah, I, I, and obviously we want players like that to be on the pitch and and show us what they're about. But yeah, I think I, I, I guess it just didn't click, did it? It didn't click before. Maybe it'll click now. But first time round, I think he, he had opportunities. He had chances to score goals as well. I, I think I remember. A few games at Hewis Park where he had loads of chances and he just uh, didn't didn't take them and we were punished for those misses and I don't know you know I, maybe the manager doesn't trust him so much he he was one of the ones who came off against Torquay wasn't he in the thrashing and sort of ever since then it's been um it's been that way so who knows. Who it's knows? a similar story with Sanupe, isn't it? We haven't seen Sanupe in a while. Is he injured? I think he's been injured, yeah. Is he injured? I, I, I must have missed that. Yeah. They were talking about him coming back into training, I think, um, at a press conference at some point in the recent... So him and him and Collins, I think they're saying, are um, not far away. What has been mentioned, I think, Wilkinson and um, uh, Diath are probably more like a, a month or so away, which is, a, again, a shame. I think we need to just do the news on Lawson Diaz. He, he tweeted, didn't he, that he doesn't need surgery on an, on his ACL. I think it's ACL, which is great news because a, a, an ACL surgery is another it's another six month jobber, isn't it? If he if he gets um, and he's he missed that large chunk last season, so that's great news for Lawson Diaz. Hopefully, he can be back really, his, really, really well. Is his contract up at the end of the season? It's an excellent question and one that I could not answer. I've probably got it written down somewhere. Um... 
but you know, I think he's one who I'd have a question mark over for the future. As much as it pains me to say it, it you know, he's a lot of injury problems, and I can't imagine he's a one of the more lower-paid players at the football club, given his experience and, and the clubs that he's played at. Um, be a shame because I sort of thought when he came back, it was always like, yeah, this is the big player for us, isn't it? When we went down, and it was like, what's he doing? Coming to a national league side, but yeah, yeah. I, it'd be a, it'd be such a shame because I think he's got so much about him. Um, oh, yeah. No less that he keeps coming back from these big injuries. Um, yeah. But you know, you've got to look at the when you're a club like we are, you got to look at how much it's costing to keep a player like that on on the books. Let's let's take a look ahead to to Sutton then, because we have had the question about how we refresh things. We have had the question that we looked a little bit leggy and we looked a little bit like we were a bit tired. And if we have had a couple of days off and maybe we needed that extra rest, how, how do we go into Sutton then? Do we go into it with all guns blazing and say, well, we might as well get stuffed because whatever. Or do we look at it and try and contain and, and, and get something that way? Because that doesn't feel very much like our way of playing. I honestly don't think much will change. Okay. I think you may see straight swaps in... Smith for Charlie Lee and possibly um, Dicko coming for Michael Kelly. But it's not the manager's way, is it, to chop and change? He doesn't do that. And and I just think he'll stick with these players because they're, you know, we said it about Neufeld the other day, didn't we? I forget which game it was. We thought he was looking a bit tired. Maybe he needs to come out. And then he goes on a run and is, you know, sensational again. So... Who knows? But I, I just don't. It's not in the manager's nature to change things too drastically, and I, I, I don't think we'll see. I don't think we'll see any major changes. I think he'll hope that those players have learnt from that game against Chesterfield, and it's a good opportunity to go through it again against Sutton, who are in form and, and prove that you have learned. Yeah, I think. Go on, Dave. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I was going to say I think the same, but I, I think the personnel changes we'll see can't. I mentioned earlier on about Wrexham and the way that they nullified Sutton, which obviously, you know, it worked for them. Um, I wonder if we have this, the same players. I think when you, if, you, if you're dropping uh, or making changes, uh, I, I think someone with a few more fresher legs, you mentioned, uh, I mean, uh, Dickinson and um, uh, and, and Lee, I would uh, agree, might, might come in. Worthington, possibly for Neufeld as well. I'd be, remember, was it the older shot game we brought Neufeld off the... Um, off the bench back at yeah. the end of the year, um, and he looked uh, electric and sort of scared the life out of him there. I mean, that might not be um, a, a bad shout, but I can't see the way we take on Sutton changing too much for, for better or worse, because I think the players we've got kind of only really play one way, can't we? I've got a, I've got a hunch. It's nothing more than a hunch. I've got a hunch Dagnall starts. Do you think? I just think he might... Uh, yeah, I just wonder if you might put a little bit more... Now, just freshen things up at the top of the pitch, and I don't think you'll go with Quigley for that in such a game against such a good side. I wonder if you'll go for a bit more experience in that way. Again, I agree. I don't think he's going to go for mass changes. I'm not sure he's going to drop Jimmy Smith. I think Jimmy Smith will, will stay in, in that role. And so I wonder if his two experienced additions would be Dicko at left-back and, and Dagnall up front. Dagnall instead of who? Probably Reed, because they're two the same. But Do you think they are? be... Well, it's the it's the back to goal experience half of that that would be in there to just set up others. See, I see Dagnall as a, a 
poacher. I see him as a Murphy type striker more than a Yeah, Reed. I, I do wonder if he I just think he might come in there purely on experience, purely as a voice, purely as a get others into play kind of situation. Just because I, I was looking at the bench yesterday and I was thinking, who do you add? And I, I, I'm not taking Jimmy Smith out. Jimmy Smith's playing far too well at the moment. He's become so important in that role and give Charlie Lee the extra time to recover and get back to full fitness or whatever it may be because there is a lot of games and we are going to need Charlie Lee for a lot of those games. I guess that half an hour extra he had off, you know, it's probably a bit of an indicator that he's gonna gonna get the nod again. Yeah. So I I do think we need to add a little bit more. I don't I I I wouldn't change either of the back two. I wouldn't I wouldn't change Hunt and Sass Davis right now. I I put Dicko in, but to add just that extra extra bit of nous, I'd have I'd have Dagnall maybe instead of Reed for a game. Just yeah. to take Reed out. Reed's obviously still frustrated. He can't get that goal from open play. He like you say he looked a little bit forlorn, a little bit frustrated at times, and, and as, as Dave's alluded to, both he and Murphy were both sort of cut off and isolated, and that wasn't really working. So just just a freshener again. If you're if we if we get to an hour and we're nil nil with Sutton and we're bringing on Ruben Reed and Neufeld, crikey, <laughs> they're not going to enjoy that. So let's go there. Let's give them a go, give them a scare, and just try and manage the game a bit better and play our way. So that's my hunch. Nothing more than a hunch. It's it's far too many hours on Football Manager in my life, man. But well, that is. we all know they listen. So we, they do listen. They do all listen, <laughs> lads. I know you are listening. You had a um, didn't you have a text from Sam the other day about a, a seven out of ten performance? Uh, seven I out of ten, seven got, out of seven. Sorry, I've got to give Sam Collard, media officer supremo, at um, at Yeovil a shout. We we talked about whether or not Reese Murphy's hat trick was a seven out of seven performance, and I said no. I said it was going to take something almightily special to get a 7 out of 7. And Sam texted me saying, um, I think I've got a 7 out of 7 for you. I'm not saying it's definitely a 7 out of 7, but Luke Wilkinson against Solihull has to be the closest in recent memory. He scored a goal, kept a clean sheet, two really amazing last-ditch tackles, didn't put a foot wrong all game, and then had to go in goal and make a save. You cannot get more faultless than that. And... I think that is as close to a seven as I think you're ever going to get it. I don't want either of you to ask me whether or not it is a seven, <laughs> but that is the bar. That is the bar. If you want a seven, you've got to, you've got to beat that. Can I add so, to that as well? I think Wilco played with a broken nose for a lot of that game as well. I remember that. He is edging so damn close to a seven. He's <laughs> a 6.99 so at the moment. That is that is as close to a seven out of seven as you're ever going to get. If anyone if anyone knows of a seven out of seven performance, I want to hear it. It's got to be faultless. It's got to be absolutely faultless. The only reason Reese Murphy didn't get one for his hat trick was because he had other chances. One of them ended up in the car park. Can't have a seven with the ball ending up in the car park. Wow. So, for me, Sam Sam Collard, you've got absolutely every right to call that a seven out of seven. That's the way you want to call it. Dave, anything to add on that? Well, I was just going to say, I wonder whether, because was Sam with us at that point? I'm not sure he was, was he? Yeah, so that makes me... yeah, yeah, was he? yeah, definitely. Oh, right. Okay, I was going to say, that makes me think that the players do listen, because someone might have mentioned that. I wondered whether he was our press officer at that point. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fair enough. They definitely listen. They do, they yeah. do. Um, so, boys, yeah, Operation... Touch, you are welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to join us, lads. 
Yeah. Come and be a guest on the Glovers cast. You're all welcome. Operation Win Them All is still in full flow because really it can never end. We still need to win them all, don't we? We still need to win them all. And also, have you, has anyone seen our record with drawing games of football? Uh, that's quite so a we, question. We drew four out of our first five league games this season. Yeah. Kingsland, Wilton, Halifax, Dagenham. How many since then have we drawn in the league? Uh, I don't know. Woking, did we? We drew at Woking, didn't we? Drew at Woking, yeah. Any more? Um, Can't think of one. Can I find a friend? one. Not one. We've drawn four out of the first five and drawn one league game since. Mm -hmm. So we either win them all or lose them all. (laughs) (laughs) There's no in the middle with us. There's no room for draws. (laughs) There's no room for draws. This is not Ikea. We have used up our draws for the season. So, yes, wins or losses, win them all or lose them all. You choose, lads. <laughs> I prefer win them all. I'm off down the wine mould instead, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, uh... we're either going to win or lose. There is no draw. We don't bother. Well, bless With that Yoda-like comment, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> yes, exactly, yes. Well, gents, I think that's it for us. Well, homework, 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 homework. Oh my goodness, homework. you boys have we've we've gone, we've gone on here, haven't we? Homework. Right. So I'll get my excuse early. I haven't done the homework, Ben. I'm sorry. I haven't done the homework. I can give okay, you. Have you done your homework? I can give you. I haven't done mine, and I'm not sorry because I... acronyms. Uh, I I did the I did the international eleven. I sent in to you. You didn't read it out, so I I went the full Chesterfield assistant manager. I stuck my left <laughs> out. And Oh, you need them read out, do you? Even you posted it on social media, didn't you? I posted it on Instagram in the hope that that would, you know, drive that channel for you. But no, <laughs> you won't have any. Try and help you, and this is how you treat. Me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, I can give you seventy-five percent of a back four. No, I, I, I don't want seventy-five percent of your back four. Stuff it. Okay, I'll do mine instead. I've done my homework. I asked for the acronyms: a player with a Y and E and O, a V and I and L, a T, a W and N and F and a C to begin their surnames with, and I have got it. And this midfield, by the way, is another level. So in goal, N Nelson. My defence, L-I-V-Y. Any guesses? Um, Lewis Young. At left back, yes. Adam Virgo. At centre back, yes. What were the other letters you've given us? L and I. Hmm. No. No. Lindegaard, a right back. And... Innis at centre back on Lincoln Palace. Oh yeah. So so the the defence has got work. Let's say. My <laughs> midfield W E C F. Williams. Andy Welsh has got to be in there. Nope. Gavin Williams. Correct. Chris Cohen. Correct. Say F. E and F. Ed option? No, that's um, not that's a U. Do you even listen to the rules? No, oh, right. I wasn't. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I heard you say Lewis Young before, and I thought that was a. That's a Y. All oh, right, okay. I thought you were going for Kelly Uger on the Y. No, well, Lewis Young just about got ahead because he was at least in the squad for the playoff final. But, um, so my midfield: Gavin Williams, Joe Edwards, 
Chris Cohen, and my boy, that is Sam Foley. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. And up front, it's T and O. T and O. Mm-hmm. Is it Yemi Odabade? No, it's not yeah. Yemi Odabade. <laughs> oh. Uh, is it Ben Tozer? Well, up front? Probably yeah. not. No, okay. Alan O'Brien. No, what is the matter with you? It is It is Lloyd Arusu. Amika. Lloyd Arusu up front. Okay. And Bartos Tarachulski. Of course, Bartos. Bartos. Wow. Nelson, Lindegaard, Innes, Virgo, Young, Williams, Edwards, Cohen, Foley, Tarachulski, Arusu. That midfield is getting you promoted out of any division you like. Well, mm. well done, Ben. We didn't have any others um, do I'm this. Only well, on the bottom. You're the only. <laughs> Someone else Can I just finish week? by saying Chesterfield would take that defence apart because they're that good? If you're listening, <laughs> Chesterfield. <laughs> uh, we need to set some homework. Um, which I will... someone else could which I will do. Uh, the Strangers 11. Oh. Is that so, the ones that have never played with one another? Yeah. Oh, so I've already done that one at the time. You pretty much can't pick Terry Skiverton because he played with everyone. Correct. Uh, yeah, so a team of 11 players who were never in the same team as any others. That sounds like a lot of work again. <laughs> it is a lot of work, that. It is. It is a lot of work. Um, I'll try and find an old tweet where I did it, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I already know that there's one exists that I've done it, so I've done my homework, lads. Don't worry about it. Good day. Right then, gents. Shall we call it? I think we shall. I think we shall. We've it's been a pleasure, the, as always. We've done the meal deal with Dave, haven't we? So Yeah, we've done the meal deal. It's fine. Yeah, it's disappointing. <sighs> yeah, bring, um... bring me back on when you want to talk about the off-the-field stuff. I'll come back and give you some some opinions on that. Let's do it. Okay. Sounds good. Good stuff. Thank you very that's much, Dave, of, for joining us That's a bit of a teaser. Again. Everyone's going to be thinking, is, like, everyone's going to be like, ooh, when's he going to come on now? Now there will what, be popular demand. What can he say? Speak to my agent. <laughs> ben. <laughs> Speak to Ian. <laughs> right, chaps. Let's call it. Great it's Sunday. We need to have a roast dinner. Really appreciate it, gents. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks again. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal!